I, I rode the cobbles. So when we did the Tour de France in 2019, day one was oh, in, started in Belgium. Yeah, yeah. So we did that, and my God, I'd never really ridden cobbles before, oh. apart from you know, Guildford stuff. <laughs> but you know, at one stage going up to um, Meur and um, uh, Garazberg. Yeah, Garazberg. Yeah. So you know when you go around oh, the corner. Very... Yeah. And the cobbles were big and chunky, oh, and, yeah. and there was a car parked in the middle of it. And I thought, right, I'm going to go Classic. left around the car. I, cu- I couldn't. I, yeah. might, I was in yeah. between cobbles, and, yeah. and my bike yeah. just went right, yeah. just yeah. to yeah. stay yes. upright. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're bumping around at the end, like, and we'd only done, you know, a, a couple of hours of yeah. cobbles, mm. if that. Yeah. My head was killing me, and my sunglasses were bashing against my helmet. Yeah. How do they do that all day? Yeah. Oh I mean, my god! Four we came out for six hours. Everything hurt my arms from clinging on. All right, we are live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Giro podcast. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of the all-new, the inaugural Breakaways and Breweries podcast. Mm. Uh, my name is Jordan. I'm your host. I am joined by our expert panel of <laughs> Louise Gibson from Internationals. Hello. Hello. Danny Roberts-Clark from, well, just the world-famous Danny Roberts-Clark. <laughs> Hello, <The workshop>. <laughs> And uh, local race king, Jamie Olsen. Mm. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, how's everybody doing? Good. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Up. Looking so, forward to these beers. Uh, looking forward to these beers that are in front of Thirsty. us. So Breakaways and Breweries. Let me, let me give you a bit of a rundown of what Breakaways and Breweries is. This is basically a, a new podcast that is focused on pro cycling, which is something that we love to watch, both the men's and women pro peloton, and beer. For most of the time when we're watching pro cycling, let's face it, we've probably got a beer in front of us, so we thought, why don't we bring the two together, use our Jira podcast platform as a way to talk about it, and uh, use it as a way to preview some of, the new, uh, some of the new races that are coming up. What do we think? Brilliant. Sounds, good. Sounds pretty good. Ready. Yep, glad to be here. All right, so episode one, here we go. We're going to be talking about the Tour of Flanders. And uh, before we get into the details of Tour of Flans, I think it's important that we uh, open up the first beer. So Breakaways and Breweries, we're going to be looking at local breweries from all the races. So, and of course, let's face it, Belgian beer is, is well, Belgium's pretty sport with regards to beer selection. <laughs> so we had to work pretty hard to make sure we could keep this to the race. <laughs> um, so we're going to start with a Belgian beer called De Konink. Uh, that is a beer from Antwerp, which... Danny, if I'm if I'm correct, that's the start mm. of Flanders, isn't it? I think it might be. Well, how about that? <laughs> how about that? He it's knows like he's going to win, it. but he doesn't know where it starts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought it just went from Cremont to Cremont. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's distribute these beers. Oh, and actually, Louise is not drinking uh, because her her body is a temple. She is an athlete. Because <laughs> I'm massively hungover she, from she, yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 we shouldn't talk about that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so we've managed to source from the Quaramont Brewery in just outside Oudenard, uh, a Quaramont non-alcoholic. So let's open up this one for you. Boys, do you want to grab a, one of the... Um, a big shout out to uh, Beer Sniffers, uh, who sourced these, the, these red bottles here. A big shout out to Beer Sniffers, who sourced these uh, beers uh, for us. So this, this is Bolecki from De Konink, which is very exciting. What's the poor techers on these, mate? Um, well, actually, Belgian beer, you want as much head as possible. So just dump it. And oh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll talk. From a height. <laughs> we'll yeah. I'm going to spill this everywhere. Long drop. The long drop. Yeah, a bit like a Moroccan tea. Oh, there you go. Oh, shit. Oh. See? Yeah. <laughs> Quick. No, oh, dear. It's Told good. you they go pear shaped. <laughs> it's a good thing Perfect. we're not filming this. Oh, wait a minute. He <laughs> right. said dump it in. <laughs> Bloody hell, Danny. So, well, well, I said dump it in. Impressive. You win. Well, uh, <laughs> that is mighty impressive. 80% head. <laughs> <laughs> good on you, mate. You'll be able to drive home after that one. <laughs> That's funny. I think I'm just going to take a quick photo for the potty. <laughs> All right. <Just> <laughs> That's just, that's terrible. Terrible. Well, if, uh, just drink from the bottle. For, for those of you who are not watching this but listening to this, that is pretty terrible. <laughs> um, so actually, Belgian beer, like, who, have you, any of you three been to Belgium? No. Yes. yes. You, I was never. there with of you. Of course you were. You've been <laughs> drinking in Belgium? No. No. Okay, fine. So, drinking in Belgium is an absolute experience. Like, beer is... It's so difficult to say, like beer is just a part of the culture and it's, it's it, it, you know, it goes back, I mean, for centuries there. And even, you know, now you've still got some of the sort of like monasteries and, and um, you know, making these Trappist beers. 
but their beer etiquette is phenomenal. So if you go into a bar and order, for example, a delirium, it will be served in a delirium glass. It will never, ever, if, if you say, you know, can I have a delirium, for example, which is a type of Belgian beer, and they don't have a glass, they won't serve it to you. <laughs> like, because, it is, right. it, because the, all, the, all the sort of glasses are different shapes to, you know, resonate with different flavors and scents and all that type of stuff. So what do we think of the beers? I can only taste foam, but the foam's good. (laughs) No, this one's got a nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, refreshing. Oh, I love it. Bit fruity. It's a bit fruity. Mm. How's your uh, non-alcoholic? It's actually not bad. Some some non-alcoholic beers are pretty terrible and you just think it's not worth it at all. Yeah. But it's actually nice. Pretty good. Nice and light. Yeah. All right. So Flanders. This is, for me personally, this is just like the most exciting part of the year as far as watching pro pro racing mm-hmm. for the last like six seven years um we've well for the last eight years a group of us have gone out to go watch the race live obviously last year we couldn't do it this year we couldn't do it because of you know the the like covid situations but it is just magical and this you know obviously we've got two mega races coming up we've got tour of flanders and Roubaix, that has definitely been cancelled because I'm hearing. I don't know sure. if it has. It's now. like 99% cancelled, as mm. last I heard. Anyway, okay, we heard uh, it's should make Who Flanders knows? better because they'll be all in for all in for the big win at Flanders instead of maybe saving themselves for the week after. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? I think it's not 100% cancelled. Okay. Yeah, it oh. seemed I like it was, and then it was, there's rumours that it might be okay. I don't know. Well. We can talk a little bit about yeah. Rebay. <laughs> but Flanders, that there's just something so magical about it. And, and, and from the middle of February, from Omloop, which of course we d- discussed at length, mm-hmm. Louise, uh, you know, we have these amazing sort of like spring classic season where they're in, they're usually pretty hard, gritty riding. Sometimes the weather's good. Sometimes the weather's like really rainy. Y- yesterday in Gentwilvengen, we saw incredible sort of like side winds that mm-hmm. just ripped it all apart. Mm. But if you get a chance to go out to, to watch Flanders as a race, it's brilliant because how, how it starts in Antwerp and then it's a pretty boring like 80 kilometers out towards the Flanders region and around Oudenard. And then it basically just loops around in like a bit of a bit of a spaghetti up all these bergs, which we'll talk about in a moment. But uh, we go and watch it on Eau de Quaramont, which is one of the cobble climbs where your beers come from. See, not bad, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and they, the, the men's race comes up about three times. The women's race comes on at once. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's very difficult to put it into context because it's like, it's like football over there. Well, it's like sort of the over there, the cycling's like, you know, the kind of the British version of football. The whole country stops, or at least the whole area of Flanders stops to watch it. There is thousands of people on the Eau de Quarante and all the climbs. There's big screens. Everybody's drinking. It's, awesome. it's this proper party atmosphere. And it's just so exciting. And obviously, gutted we can't be there this year. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. very strange seeing it behind closed doors. Um, but it, this is the reason, I think, why we just get so passionate about it, because it's such a, a phenomenal race. Jamie, you came a couple of years ago. What did you, what did you yeah. think? Um, I, I, I mean, like it was my first time sort of watching a, uh, cobble classic on the roadside and like the noise, the sort of violence of like watching them ride up those climbs was just insane. Like yeah. seeing it firsthand was incredible. Yeah. And you know, like once you've seen it like that, you feel that every time you watch it, even if yeah. you're watching it on telly yeah. and, uh, yeah, I remember it just being like it's one of those moments in life where you're just like this is the best thing ever yeah. I mean I get like that a lot of cycling racing but it, I've that got was a, probably my my favourite live like race I've seen I've got a great photo of you just <laughs> absolutely <laughs> buzzing he's just like throwing up the horns probably he's like just, 10 Belgian beers yeah, deep he's just stoked absolutely stoked the locals behind us were yeah, just yeah, dishing yeah. out the beers yeah, yeah. Um, we had a load on the go yeah. and uh yeah, well, I mean, it was perfect. Just an afternoon spent drinking beer in a field in the middle of Belgium. And then what the, more could you ask for? And then the <laughs> night before in the lovely town of Ghent. Yeah, yeah. Well, just we uh, shared a camp bed. We shared a camp bed, yeah. You just get on the uh, get on the sauce. And the beautiful Belgian beer, some great food. If you get a chance to go to Ghent, I really recommend it. My wife and I went a couple of years ago. Obviously, she's not a big drinker, so it's not, not really the point. It's just a great city. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's enough from the Flandrian Tourism Board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they can... Uh, <laughs> they can sort out our deal later but, yeah I mean honestly I can't uh, I can't express it if you get if any of you listening get the chance to go and watch yeah. watch it it's brilliant and also what's really great about it talking about women cycling mm-hmm. 
is they include it within the men's. Yeah. So if you're there watching it, it comes through. Yeah. And it's a, actually, I think, it, actually, you know, I could be wrong. They might up come, on, come up quite a month twice. I can't quite remember. A bit hazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <But> yeah. <it's, laughs> it was a long day. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a very long day. But um, it's, it's absolutely excellent. So let's give a, a, like a bit of a, a kind of an overview of kind of like, you know, the, the Belgian races that we're seeing. It's just savage. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's relatively flat. But when it comes to the berg, so you have these, you know, uh, climbs called the mm. berg. So there's the Koppenberg, the Paterberg, and then you've got other ones like the Quaramont. And these, these are basically what makes them so unique, especially for Flanders, is they're quite short. Mm-hmm. They're very steep, but they're covered in cobbles. Yeah. And these cobbles don't let up. No. These cobbles are savage. Yeah. Really, really savage. Yesterday in Gentwilvengen, we saw the Kemmelberg, uh, which if you get a chance to sort of ride the Kemmelberg again, it's just this short, sharp, cobbly, brutal climb. You throw some, you know, there's these brilliant, iconic photos when there's, you know, like the Koppenberg in particular. You, you'd sort of turn into it and you just see this thing rising up in front of you, getting steeper, and it narrows up, and you've got these trees, you've got fields either side, you've got these trees that overhang, and it's daunting. And if it's wet and if it's slippery, mm. you just it's, it's near Nasty. impossible to get up. You even see the pros, mm. yes, you know, kind of getting off and, and sort of struggling to walk up it. I'm not sure what other sport you get, you get that. Um, so there's all these sort of moments that just make 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 uh, the Tour of Flanders so exciting. So this is why we're, we're talking about, we're previewing it, which is coming up this Sunday, Easter Sunday. Um, so yeah, we're going to go over the, both the men's and women's, talk about some of the races that have come up. Um, so Louise, what are you saying? What are you feeling? Uh, I'm excited. So yeah. the racing recently has just been bonkers, mm. like hard to predict and from the start, because we don't always get to see all of it. So, you know, yeah. on some of the races we've had recently, you might get half an hour or 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, the race yesterday got about two hours yeah. and it was awesome. And it's, there, there's some of them that are just performing each time and then there's yeah. some outsiders and yeah. then it's it's just hard to predict. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of, you know, getting excited and shouting at the TV. And then yesterday, so at Longo Borghini, she's just solo breaking away and she's there working real hard and I wanted her because she put so much effort I wanted her to win yeah, yeah, so yeah. even though I love Voss yeah, and yeah, her, yeah, yeah. her sprint was incredible I was like oh, I just felt that Bong, uh, you know that Longo Borghini had been robbed a little bit but yeah, she's been sure. she, you know she won recently too so she's doing really really well and I think I think she's my prediction for yeah. this weekend that she is strong and she's mm. got it but she just burnt all of her matches yeah, totally. yeah. yesterday and just didn't have the sprint so so the, for those listening the race that we're talking about which happened yesterday which is Gentle Bingham, yeah. which is the which is always the week prior mm. to it and obviously the men's women the, the men's race happened first and the women's race happened and thankfully as, as you said like we managed to get well over two hours of it yeah. which is excellent they had yeah. a like, like kind of like 50 50 you know so on K to go so up the Camelberg and we're not just saying this for word's sake the women's peloton especially this season is so exciting yeah. it's a really mm. really really good good cycling to watch people there's attacks all over the place it was great to see our mm. young British hope Anne Henderson and I was like can she mm. hold on to it like yeah. she, she's a time trialer she could do it yeah. she was obviously just testing her legs maybe getting ready for this weekend yeah. maybe the, the end was a mess though it, the, it was counting down and there was less than 1k to go and I thought yeah, it would it be alright and then it was yeah. suddenly an extra 3k yeah. Yeah. and I'm yeah. not sure the riders all understood that yeah. and I don't no. know if that's what messed up well, the it happened in both, both yeah. races. Yeah, they had to direct them around some smoke at the, <laughs> the finish line. So and, I, uh, I yeah. contacted uh, a good friend of ours, Christoph Allegart, um, ultra endurance legend and uh, curve ambassador, sportful ambassador as well. Um, he, uh, I sent him a message yesterday, um, you know, and I sent him a picture of, of Ryan going up this, the Camelberg from a few years ago, and he was on that ride. And he sent me a picture, and he was right next to the fire. Oh. He was. He huh. and his friends usually go out at the morning of these because the, he lives in Belgium. He lives in Courtrake, and uh, they went to do the route. And he sent a picture of the fire. Wow! Huh. So the race had already started. Oh gosh! When this fire broke out, so that's why wow. they had to. And it was okay. Is it going to be fully on the fire? Yeah, they basically had to do yeah. it on the go. And you mm. saw in the, both the men's and women's races, people dropping back to the commissaire's car saying, "What's going on?" Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just because they were having like I think by the women's race they were hoping they would have had it under control, but mm. they obviously they didn't. Yeah, um, it was like an extra two k around the town. To get to the same finish they yeah. used, but mm. yeah, they yeah. had to do like an extra 2k lap yeah. around the around the sort of where the fire was to yeah. avoid them going through thick, thick yeah, smoke, which would be no fun when you're trying no. to sprint. <laughs> no, but that's the nice yeah. thing about Gamble Bang is it does lend mm. itself to the sprinters. Yeah. Both the men's and women's race yesterday was massively hampered by the wind. Oh, it was amazing. The echelons from 100k to go yeah, it was the men's, just so men's good. In particular, it split yeah. up 
with like 100k to go and there was no way they were going to catch up yeah no. and so. even the like the the best riders in both pelotons some of them missed out because mm. of that they weren't aware that yeah. it was gonna gonna split like that so in the women's and the men's race big names missed out on the yeah. key moves in the race because mm. it was so early on and normally you know like all the racing's done in the last 50k but it's just you know where that crosswind is that's where you know when it's when it's that strong that's yeah. where it's going to split the race mm. it, it's not going to discriminate whether you're at the back of the pack having a bit of dinner yeah or whether you're at the front ready to ready to attack it doesn't care so obviously yesterday we saw you know uh the both the men's and women's races mm. massively affected by the wind men's in particular um and it was split up really quickly. So Danny, our tech expert, the man with the stats, the coach Danny, talk to us a little bit about, you know, from like inside a peloton, like, you know, I mean, because they talk about the, like it was a winning race move, mm. but it was just being caught out on the wrong side. And, and that race in particular, we, wins have always sort of plagued it. So, I mean, what, let's talk about, you know, both the men's and women's, how come there were a break and what do you do? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I guess the one of the important things that, I think a lot of people who don't know a lot about cycling is, is the importance of being in the draft and being in the wheels, yeah. um, being protected from the wind. Like you can save so much energy by being behind someone. Yeah. Um, and normally when there's no wind, obviously being directly behind someone's a really good place to be. Yeah. If you've got really hard crosswinds, that it, you need to be sort of behind and off to the side. Yeah. Um, Why and is that? So that's basically to, to so you're staying in that draft. Okay, so fine. if you've got the, if you imagine the wind coming 90 degrees across you yeah um you want to be behind it to the left because you're still moving forward gotcha. so the effective kind of like direction that you want to be is yeah off not say off and to the left um and you extrapolate by a group of 20 people exactly there's only so quite, much room on the road especially tiny little roads in, yeah, yeah, in yeah, belgium course, so yeah. it's um so you'll see uh like uh sort of last was it last weekend or the weekend before where um quick step just went to the front and they had just had the whole team there and they just ripped it. Yeah. Um, they put seven guys on the front and dropped half half the bunch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a great tactic and it's, it's really good to watch. And we've seen it in the tour as well. You know, there's those yeah. like, famous, you know, stages where it should be a really boring flat mm -hmm. stage and suddenly the whole race has been almost won on that day because the, the, they were just at the front and managed to uh, to get in it. It was that day that Froomey was in the break with, uh, or, or in, the, in the echelon with Sagan, yeah. Sagan, yeah, yeah. So yeah, good. once you lose that wheel in the crosswinds. Yeah, it's a horrible place to be. Yeah. Time. And, yeah. Yeah. They yeah. had know. massive echelons in the UAE talks. The road yeah. is yeah. so wide. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like so wide. <laughs> right yeah. the way across. Yeah. The absolute yeah, opposite to. to the Belgian <laughs> yeah. roads that yeah, are yeah. just so narrow. Squeezing And then you end up in the ditch or something. Yeah, so good. Um, Flanders doesn't usually get too affected by the wind because it's so there's so much going on it's, it, it's such like a it's just different it's, it's, it's almost a like a spider web, web. Yeah. yeah exactly mm -hmm. you know because you know they go up the same roads twice mm -hmm. and they sometimes do the same road in different directions um, you know for example they come at Quaramont three times mm -hmm. but at the at the top sometimes they go right sometimes they go left you know it, so the winds don't have too much of an impact um, but uh but yeah, what are you? Uh, what are your thoughts about this coming week? Um, I'm excited. It's going to be really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd, Flanders is always one of my absolute favourite races. Yeah. I mean, the, the next two weekends, if Roubaix goes ahead, are, yeah. are just the two best weekends in cycling. I think like it's just so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I I I don't know who's going to win, but yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be good. Well, this year is the first year that there is a, uh, a women's Paris Roubaix. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which is, I mean, it's just mental that it's taken to this point. But it was supposed to be last year. Obviously, last year didn't happen. Um, but yeah, a women's Paris Roubaix, which would be which would be fantastic. Yeah, the pros are all super excited because yeah, yeah. it kind of popped out of nowhere. Yeah. All the mm -hmm. races they've been asking for, then they just said, "Oh yeah, by the way, there's a Roubaix." Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're desperate to ride it. Yeah. A few of them were out doing, mm -hmm. you know, recce's of the route the other day, and then yeah. literally later on that afternoon, it looked like it was going to be cancelled mm -hmm. or Gosh. maybe postponed. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can't. I can't wait for it to happen. Let's hope the uh, rumours of it being back on are yeah. true. Yeah. And we get two weekends of quality racing yeah. rather Absolutely. than just the one yeah. that it's looking like at the moment Jamie you've been out to uh, Roubaix yeah we yeah, did yeah. it for oh, 2019 um, did did the uh, we, we took the car out and we drove between cobbled sectors yeah. hanging out the window with flags <laughs> uh, drinking beers apart from the driver obviously no of course this is very responsible yes um, but uh, yeah it's 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 different to Flanders in the sense that all the cobbled sections are flat. Yeah. Um, whereas Flanders, they're all mainly sort of short, sharp 
steep climbs like we talked about there's a bit of gradient yeah there's 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 a little bit of sort of they're like gentler slopes on the the cobbles but the cobbles are gnarlier yeah in uh in the paris roubaix route um yeah. and yeah it makes for that it makes for like really furious racing into the sections yeah and then it's like that sigh of relief for the guys that get on first yeah and the rest the rest are sort of just desperately hanging on yeah. at that point and when we went and we we sort of picked the start of each cobble sector and just hearing them go from tarmac to cobble and like just the thundering and like the the bikes chattering and like the yeah just oh it sounds it's horrendous like yeah. it's it's horrible to hear but it creates this incredible atmosphere around the race it just makes it so yeah. a, as jamie said it's a it's a very long day but it's not it's relatively flat yeah. but i mean when we're talking about cobblestones and it's the same so Roubaix, as far as like severity, is is a much higher than Flanders. Mm. Even though Flanders is is is, I mean, we're not talking yeah, about they're the, not we're friendly. Not, we're not talking about the cobblestones on on Guildford High Street, no, for no. example. No. These things are are savage, uneven, like yeah. just brutal cobbles. When you see them, you're like, you're kidding. Yeah. And <laughs> I remember one year we took <laughs> one year we took uh, some 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 customers from here, as well some friends from here. Uh, and we got into Ghent and there's like a small section of like cobbles you know it's just part of the city they said oh is this what it's like it was like <laughs> yeah. no, no. <laughs> not, not, not even not like not even but you know when it comes to, to Roubaix they're huge the severity they're, of yeah. those things are just monstrous it's like they're like the size and yeah. crazy. you have to be a very strong yeah I mean it's quite interesting because I mean obviously you have to you know traditionally speaking the successes of Roubaix have been very strong heavy set riders mm. Mm. What's the talk around the women's peloton being, you know, sort of taking on, you know, these sectors for the first time? I, d I think they're excited, yeah. but also like pretty nervous about it because it's yeah, so yeah. unknown. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're trying to compare, you know, those that have done well at Strada or yeah. those that have done well at, you know, the other yeah. races. Then what will they, yeah, yeah, will they yeah. transfer that, that skill? Yeah. But it's a whole different yeah. ballgame. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's going to be exciting. Mate. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's no precedent to it yeah. at all. Yeah. That's, that's quite fun. Mm. Be interesting to see if the cross riders do really well at, at yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They've been dominating in yeah. all the pelotons so far, haven't they? Yeah. That yeah. winter winter form just racing cross all, all winter. And yeah. they just come into the classics with bike skills. handling, yeah. exactly. fitness, yeah. all that. And they're just, just putting everyone else to <laughs> yeah. shame. Yeah. I, I rode the cobbles a cut. So when we did the Tour de France in 2019, day one was oh, in, started in Belgium. Yeah, yeah. So we did that. And my God, I'd never really ridden cobbles before, oh. apart from, you know, Guilford. <laughs> <stuff. But, laughs> you know, at one stage going up to um, Mur, um, uh, Garazberg. Yeah, Garazberg. Yeah. So, you know, when you go around <sighs> the corner. Yeah. And the cobbles were big and chunky. Oh. And, mm. and there was a car parked in the middle of it. And I thought, right, I'm going to go Classic. left around the car. I couldn't yeah. I, mean, I was in yeah. between cobbles and, yeah. and my bike yeah. just went right yeah. just yeah. to stay yeah. upright yeah. 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 and you're bumping around at the end like and we'd only done you know a, a couple of hours of yeah. cobbles mm. if that yeah. my head was killing me and my sunglasses bashing against my helmet yeah. how do they do that all day yeah. oh I mean, my god 40k an hour for six hours everything hurt my arms from clinging yeah. on yeah. Oh, this, this is the thing that I just find so exciting about it because you can go and watch the race and how we've done it the last few years is well, unfortunately we did the sportive once and I say unfortunate because it's a great event you get to do the whole route but it's so busy and oh, you can okay. get to these climbs and you can't get up no. because there's people walking yeah. so what we do now is we go out on the Friday sorry we go out on Saturday uh, have a good night out again on Saturday night watch the race on Sunday but then we ride the route on quieter roads on Monday and mm. everything you're saying is absolutely bang on like it is when you realize the speed of both the men's and women's peloton, mm -hmm. them attacking these climbs, but just the violence of it, yeah. you're, by, by the end of the ride, even if you do like a shorter 60K loop, your back hurts. Everything. Your, like it's in yeah. the top of your back, your shoulders, your arms hurt. You know, you see all these guys double wrapping their bar tape mm -hmm. and you understand why, mm -hmm. apart from Tommy Boonin. Tommy Boonin, no gloves, single bar tape. Oh my. Legend. What a guy. Love that man. <laughs> Um, but it's just the most exhilarating feeling. And then, <laughs> so you watch it on the you watch it on the Sunday, and you see, as I say, the men's and women's peloton just come like screaming up it. And you and so you're fired up Monday morning. Have some <laughs> breakfast. You're fired big up. Big bowl of porridge. Yeah, big big bowl of porridge. Yeah. Um, or if Josh Evans is listening, 36 euros for a croissant. But that's another story. <laughs> um, but you're you're totally fired up. 
and then you get to these climbs and you're like oh my god <laughs> and you're just, I'm a weed yeah, and you're just crawling up and you get these moments of like sheer elation but it is just very humble. it is just yeah. brutal mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's very, so so very so humbling. oh it's so exciting mm. so this season of cycling uh, you know 2021 for both the men's and women's peloton it has just been I'm um, I'm not, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's just because it's on the back of, you know, not having much mm. racing last year. But oh my God, it's just so exciting. Mm. Like the riders that we've got, I mean, if we talk about the men's for a moment, I'm not sure I've been this excited about sort of the individuals in a pro peloton since mm. like Boonen and Cancellara. As in every, every race we get to it, we see, I mean, you know, this season's been marked out by Alaphilippe. Mm. Van, van der Poel, uh, Wout van Aert, um, and there's a few others in there, but it is just, oh, and Tom Pidcock, amazing <laughs> to see this British rider absolutely smashing it. Mm. Goggle. Yeah, Michael Goggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your awesome. hero. The star of Charlotte <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it is just, it makes it, having that personality to it makes it so exciting. Yeah. And I genuinely feel excited to kind of see this these battle, these battle between these, you know, these these guys. And it's they're, just they're characters off the bike as well. Mm. There's, sure. and I mean, it's the same in the women's peloton. Yeah. There's there's so many characters, and they're not just these strong riders. They all have these incredible stories. Yeah. And they all sort of play up to it as yeah. well. And it, it it makes for better racing when you've got these narratives playing out behind yeah. the racing as well. I think that's mm. what's getting better about the women's racing is yeah. we're starting to get to know them yeah. as characters a yeah. bit more too. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's. And some of them, I suppose, because they're newer to the TV attention and stuff, they're not yeah. as chiselled, so yeah, they'll yeah. just yeah. say whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They respond really well in interviews. They tell it how it is. Yeah, and it I, actually, I'm really hoping that um, Cecily Utro Ludwig does something good because I want more interviews oh, yeah. with her. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. She'd be a favorite. really popular <laughs> yeah. winner if she yeah. can pull it off at she's Tour of awesome. Flanders. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really cool to get to know all the races. I think maybe what's helped as well is because the whole season got pushed back yeah. to the end of last year, yeah. it feels like some of the classics were only just on. Yeah, yeah. So we had all that mm. stuff in October, then we had a little bit of a break and then it's all started again and we're, we're ready for yeah. it. Yeah. It's awesome. I think what I'm really enjoying about watching the women's racing and is that each week it is different. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you've got some like really star players and you know, it was great seeing Mariana Voss, like yeah. sort of, it sounds a bit crazy to say like back, because she has been a little bit mm. quiet, but she, you know, it was really kind of a, a good time to kind of see her kind of like really strong yeah. again. She's been racing for years. But honestly, it, it, I mean, you know, we were trying to pick, you know, sort of the, the a podium for, for this coming <laughs> s- Sunday. It's a really hard one with the women's oh, yeah, one. Yeah. And it's genuinely a really hard one because anybody could do it. Usually with the Flanders, it does split up pretty well. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I agree, like, you want to see more of those personalities. You mm-hmm. want to see those stories. You almost want to see that like venom between, yeah. you know, like with 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 yeah. Wout, with uh, Wout Van Aert and Matthew Van der Poel. They don't like each other, <laughs> and I'm sure they could probably have a beer with each other. But they've been competing against each other since they were kids. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like, I love that. that yeah, yeah. And it's like now they've made it to like and now the, they're the best. Yeah, they've right. made it to like yeah, yeah. They are at the top of their game. Mm. Oh, I mean, Matthew Van der Poel, like just. How exciting. And there was all these people saying, oh, did he, in that Terreno Adriatico Adriatico stage where he just went, Mm. (laughs) the reason why he attacked is because he was cold. Yes, I love that. So good. He just wants to get over and done with. I was cold. (laughs) So I needed to warm up. So it was like, oh, that is just so amazing. It's super relatable as well. You've all been out out in the cold with someone slow and you just want to attack them and leave them for dead because you're just freezing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a very relatable tactic, that one. Oh, so good. And then, mm. you know, everyone's saying, oh, you know, he went too deep. He's going to be absolutely spent from Milan San Remo. Wasn't top 10 finish. I think it was top mm. 10 or 11 or something. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But he went for the sprint. Oh, it's amazing. It's just a really exciting, exciting mm-hmm. time of racing. Yeah. Time for the next beer? I think so. Yeah, we're about to finish this one. Yeah. The route now. Oh, sorry. Oh, we'll, 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 we'll carry on. <laughs> yeah, bottoms up, Danny. Jeez. See it. See it off. All right, so the next beer uh, for uh, for your the, well, the next beer for your uh, for our enjoyment for our enjoyment. I was going to say your enjoyment, but actually at home yeah, you have no. maybe we should post these ahead of time so people can uh, enjoy it oh, with us. Good I'll idea, put some on the stories. That'd be quite a nice I'll, idea. I'll get a little snap of each one. Hey, good idea because we're because we're recording this. Yeah, be like so this we're talking so we're talking to the future. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what should we say That's... to ourselves in the future? <laughs> 
<laughs> Smart up, boy. Smart up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put, you look like a tramp. Put, put your flies up. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the next beer, so we're, we're following the route of Flanders, so it starts in Antwerp, so the next beer is actually going to be Quaramont. So Quaramont is a, it's a relatively new beer um, in regards to, I mean, some of these Belgian beers have been around for like hundreds of years. Um, and so some of the, 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 the um, characteristics of Belgian beers, they're usually very strong. They're usually triples, or doubles, triples, or even quadruples. So they're like six, nine, or 12%. So you definitely have to have a bit of, a, a, a bit of vigor for them. Is that what triple means? Oh, this is this is a revelation. Realization. I never, I never knew Danny what the, now knows what the multiple things conscious yeah, in. Like this is this is, this is why <laughs> I had such a big one at it's, Worlds last year. Yeah, it's how they do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh um, yeah, we had the Belgian pub at Worlds. Yeah, yeah that would explain Danny lying on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Thanks, man. You got a little. Oh, like so is this the alcohol-free version? Oh, sorry, here you go. Uh, this is the alcohol full one, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're not the alcohol free mm-hmm. one. Okay. Here you go, Jamie. Um, this is your, uh, your beverage. 6.6%. You never opened a beer before. Here you go, got to do it in front of the microphone. Jamie and I have got a 6am call time tomorrow, so that'd be fun. So for those listening to uh, this podcast, uh, you would have already seen the beers that you can enjoy. So hopefully you're enjoying a, a Quaramont with us, available online. And we're actually going to get some of this non-alcoholic Quaramont for the shop, which would be quite it's good. It's nice, yeah. yeah. Oh, rad. So Quaramont is um, arguably the most key uh, climb within the Flanders race. And so it's quite suitable that they put this brewery on it. Um, and it's got, got a bit of a cycling theme. So, for example, on the bottle, you've got the, 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 the cobbles. But the reason why it's such an uh, iconic part of the race is that it's quite a long climb compared to some of the other bergs. There's elements where it's very steep, but it's a little bit more, um, it's a, the gradient's a little bit lesser. But this is where we've seen, in particular the women's race, it's usually where the breaks happen. Because it's a case of, it's at that gradient where you can just power up and off you go. And, you know, we've seen it in, uh, uh, yeah, we've seen it a number of times. When where we r- were riders, there, Terpstra went on the first ascent of it and yeah. stayed away. Mm. But ages. Yeah, ages, no one yeah, yeah. thought he was going to make it. It was definitely like a, an early play from Quickstep, riding for someone else. But it ended up sticking. And I remember, I remember him thundering past, and each time the gap just got bigger and bigger. And everyone was, yeah, no, no one was expecting it. But it's usually the third time up where, because they do it three times in the men's race, it's usually the third time up where it will split. And he went on the first go, and yeah, no one wow. saw him again. He had a. He looked pretty dishevelled the third time he came past us, and we got some good pictures of him. Deep in the Probably he was yeah, probably you, not impressed with me that, sticking a camera in his face. You got uh, that one photo of him that just looked deadly, didn't it? Yeah, uh, his yeah, his whole mouth had just dropped down his face. Yeah, yeah. His eyes yeah. were grey holes in his head. Oh, I, yeah. I hope we get. get oh, I back, love. That. I hope we get back there soon. Yeah, next mm. year. Actually, a couple of years ago, we rode out there. Which was wicked. Yeah, yeah. So, huh? yeah, so we rode we rode down to Calais. Um, well, we rode to Dover. That's 2019, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, and then got, and got the ferry to Calais. Pedal um, boat. Rode to yeah, Calais. Yeah. Stayed there overnight and then rode to, to Ghent the next day. That's cool. And got on the Christoph train for 50k. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I had shingles. Oh, yeah, of course you couldn't come. Oh. Yeah, I missed that one. Yeah, well, it course. sounds like I'd... Would have got missed. shingles anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I'd have contracted it at some point during the week. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so the inaugural um, Breakaway and Breweries episode. Now time for the inaugural Danny's Tech Tip Bits. Oh, alrighty. Here we go. Let me get my notes up. He's been excited for this for weeks. I have been excited for we this for little, weeks. We, so we need a little theme, theme tune. A little yeah. theme yeah. tune. Jingle. Uh, Louise, can you sing? No. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, <laughs> not alcohol free, no. Danny's yeah. tech tidbits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. All right. Um, well, since is... like That's a great start. You can start. edit that out. Yeah, That's yeah, good. Alrighty. Alrighty, guys. Right, there might not be a Roubaix, but that doesn't mean we can't talk Roubaix tech. Um, One of the rumours that's been floating around at the moment, um, as we all know, teams love using big fat tubular tyres for for Paris-Roubaix. Why why is that? uh, One reason is you can have a flat on a tubular and you can basically just keep riding to the end of the cobble sector and hopefully get a new wheel. 
Um, a where it's sorry, a tubular or tubeless? Tubular. Oh, okay. Yeah, the so one. a tubular is, yeah, like a, for anyone who hasn't seen them, they're basically like a tube type tire yeah. that's just glued to the rim. Okay. Um, so if you get a flat, it's not going to fall off the rim. You can just keep riding and destroy your carbon rim, but you uh, yeah. might finish the cobble sector, don't get a new wheel, and get back in. Don't go around the corner with a flat Don't do that, Jamie. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, okay. Sounds like a top tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They yeah. fall off the rim. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that could be a, that could be another feature, actually. Jamie's best crashes. Don't don't, don't do what Jamie does. Yeah. <laughs> Things Jamie's done yeah. so you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Test Danny. We're, we're, Jay we're, also. We're, Jamie's Jamie's taking over. That's okay. Sorry. Um, I love talking about Jamie's crashes. No, but anyway, <laughs> so there there are some rumours that Dakenic Quickstep will be doing, um, and I guess theoretically any other specialised sponsored team um, will be doing Paris Roubaix on normal tube type clincher tires oh yeah that's interesting it is interesting so the backstory is specialized made tubeless wheels two years ago or roval and then said that they were great and tubeless was the best and then last year they said they were terrible and tubeless was the worst and everyone should be putting tubes in their tires oh. and they no longer really make tubular rims huh interesting so, an unusual so there's going to be a tubular rim Maybe. Well, no, there won't be a new one. They'll either have to race on the old ones, which are slower, like aerodynamically slower, but they can run them as tubulars. If they've got any old ones kicking around the shed, or they're going to have to run tubes and I've get loads of flats. So but but where, does, uh, first. where does aerodynamics play in a race like this? I mean... Uh, it plays in a race like this massively. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh. Obviously, if you get a flat, <laughs> all up, the aero in the world doesn't matter. Um, but if 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 you're in a if you're in a break off the front, you really, you want to have every advantage you can. Okay. Um, but obviously, that's got to be balanced in a race like Roubaix. All the rules go out the windows. So that's really got to be balanced with, yeah, um, yeah, with with like not getting a flat and actually being able to ride the cobbles. Yeah. So that's going to be fun to watch. Interesting. What I about mean, last year when in I think Strada Bianchi? Mm. Uh, I remember hearing EF. Yes. Uh, what was the team called last year? It wasn't Nepo, EF. EF, EF Education first. first year, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. they were running the tyres that had the inserts in them. They were. So that if they got a flat, they could still keep riding. Yes, I mean, mountain bikers will be familiar with things mm -hmm. like Cushcore, um, which is like an insert that goes around the rim, and then you have a tubeless tyre as well. Um, so that insert means that if you hit a really big, sharp edge, you're not going to get a, a flat, basically, because the... the you hit the insert rather than hitting the like pinching the tire on the rim. Oh. Um, so no one really makes a road insert yet. So they were using an unreleased sort of prototype okay. um, insert for Strata Bianchi with with tubeless tires. So it means that you can use, get all the benefits of tubeless in terms of like running a bit of sealant in there. Although apparently they weren't, um, but you can also still ride with a flat like you can um, with a with a tubular. Interesting. Cool. Speaking of. That was uh, Danny's tech Danny's tech oh, I've got more, but that's oh, fine. Oh, no, okay. We'll, we'll no, no. come back for that's, that's round a, two yeah, of maybe, tech maybe, yeah, yeah, bits we'll later. Back. Actually, it's just maybe, a, it's just a, a best kits argument. Best kits? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of um, EF, hmm. a big shout out to Owen Blandy, <laughs> who <laughs> is now chefing for EF, EF, EF Nippo... What are they called now? EF Nippo. EF Education First Nippo? Nippo, EF something Nippo? like that. I don't know. Um, but go give him a follow uh, on Instagram, the Pancake Peloton. He's living um, his best life, isn't oh, he? The places he's checking just, into. And I just love all the pink. Oh, Everything is amazing. amazing. <laughs> yes. Talking of best kits, I think EF have it pretty dialed. A bit yeah, more cool about great, it is because yeah. is, is, is he's a chef. So he's he's part of the, the support team. So they've got the, you know, the van that's decked out as a, uh, you know, kitchen and he's, you know, cooking his sourdough pancakes and, and everything else. I mean, he's just, he's a, a local guy from London. We actually, we actually shouted him a bit of a kit actually many years ago. Cause he was racing, uh, in the, uh, um, uh, I think he got like a top 10 finish or something in the nice. ride 100 that came through here. Anyway, long story short, he's now, you know, kind of, he walked away from his, you know, kind of nine to five, accountant's boring job and he's gone back to sort of cooking and he's got this job and he just did the, the Volta Catalunya um, oh. what, was the, what was the race he did before then I, I can't, can't uh, remember exactly what it was I can't remember he's, he's been gone a couple of weeks but he is 
living his best oh, life. It's so exciting. It's, it's wonderful. It, he's a, it, the reason why I say go and follow him because he really does give a good insight to what happens behind the scenes. Mm. What happens, you know, you know, he's working literally from, from morning to night making sure they've got all the food ready when the race has finished their race. He's got treats for them and, and all sorts. Um, so yeah, go give him a shout out. Love he's doing you. his hotel mm. reviews too but he doesn't get to spend any time in them. He's focused on the <laughs> amount of pillows he yeah, had yeah. the other day but That's he barely it. laid his head down because yeah. it's a long day. It's a pretty good way of reviewing hotels actually. P- yes. Pillow size yeah. and pillow quantity. That's pretty I think, good. Yeah, yes. it's, it's pretty good. So uh, yeah, you heard it here first. All right, Danny, what's your second tech tip bit? Danny's oh, tech was, tip bit. Kit chat. Okay. Who's got the best kit in the pillow? Well, we just answered that. Yeah, the well, I, 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 see, can, I, I think, I think Canyon Sram's national team kits are the best. At least Chabby's Swiss national champs jersey is unreal. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, that's a, that's that's very, a pretty very good. good shout, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, their they're normal kit, oh, even yeah, the so non-national good. champs kit, yeah. is pretty good. Mm. But, yeah. yeah right. that. Uh, worst kit is that horrible Norwegian team that looks like Team DHL. Oh, I don't know. Team DHL. <laughs> oh, come they're, on. They're not as bad as some of the... Like, what is it? Is it Wanty Gobert that have the little logos on the sleeves that yeah, look very, like their arm warmers have half fallen down? Very content. That's <laughs> horrific. Yeah, but that's but that's been the same for like 30 years. You kind of just go, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's you, true. You, you've yeah, stuck yeah, to yeah, your guns just, a bit. Yeah. Their bikes are horrible. Yeah, their bikes are horrible. <laughs> Delco's yeah. kit's quite good. Oh, that's the blue and white stripe the, Yeah, one? the stripy yeah, one, yeah, sailor yeah. kit. That's, I like that. I like yeah. AG2R. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Possibly that's good. controversial. What? The brown one. Mm, yeah, the brown, brown bibs. Big yeah, nice. yeah. typeface. I like it. Yeah, I mean, cool. handy at times, having brown bibs, maybe. <laughs> Always hands. Always hands. Tom DeMoulin. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of which, in the, in the men's game with Bingham yesterday, Sam oh, Bennett. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Throwing up on a bike. Whilst he was raiding, or pulled pull to the back of the group, vomited to his left for the record it wasn't brown no it wasn't <laughs> brown no. no it was definitely liquid based and then went back I mean he looked awful but then went back and was doing turns which you know yeah. we've all fair, been there no Giro <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Sundays <laughs> it wasn't that yesterday <laughs> for you yesterday. <laughs> yeah let's give, uh, give give Louise a direct message and ask her what happened that's, that's uh, might be on CCTV yeah, God, oh, yeah we'll have a little rewind tomorrow 8am alright Good. Yeah, we'll dig that up. <laughs> yeah, good. Thankfully, the uh, the zero percent beer that you're drinking is also electrolyte, so we're we're rehydrating you. Excellent. Yeah, we're Thank just you. helping Thank now. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're rehydrating you. Um, what have been some of the other highlights from this year, both men's and women's? Oh, we were talking about Chantelle Black, mm. her, her win at Strada recently. Yes. That was that was very cool. Mm. She might be on just to watch weekend. her just ruthlessly sit on Lisa Longo Borghini's wheel oh, yeah. until what? Three four hundred meters to go, right. and then just just drop her. That oh. was that was great. Yeah. Cruel. Take, I mean, it's cruel. It takes a lot of like guts to just sit there. Yeah. But she could because she had three teammates in the bunch, and yeah, just, yeah that was great. That yeah. was really cool to watch. That's that's yeah. one of those things. Like, that's one of the really exciting things about cycling is that if you don't understand those little nuances, it can seem like a little bit like, oh, that's a bit sucked. Do you remember it? What year is it? Twenty twelve, mm. when Simon Gerrans won the uh, Milan San Remo. And he basically sat on Cancellara's wheel for ages, mm. but he didn't have to. And it was like, well, people can say it's unfair, but he just got in the better position yeah. and yeah. held it there for a long time and then came through to win. I think it was Cancellara's wheel. The flip side of that, when um, Stannard took on three quick-step oh, riders yeah. in, oh, it was probably 2014. And uh, yeah, he managed to come out on top when he was completely outnumbered in that situation, which that, that must have taken a lot of strength and a lot of guts just to yeah time that right see this is why this period of cycling is just the best i don't get too excited about the like giros or the tools or the voltages they're usually really good but i get so excited about this uh, about Mm. this period of cycling like this you know for Mm. both the men's and women's it's just such an exciting anyone can win anything can happen oh i just love it is that because they're one day as do you like it starting and finish like within the day or is yeah, it I, yeah I've got a very very short attention span like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you can't be bothered to wait three, three weeks, weeks. Yeah. no I mean I really enjoy watching the tours but there's just something so exciting about I mean that finish oh, that you yeah. were talking about you know where he's got he shouldn't have won no he was no up way. against three teammates and he he won it's just one of those moments that you just you know talk about and <laughs> such a popular guy as well just like one of the nice guys who totally, never wins always totally. does work for his teammates to pull that off was just yeah totally. that was that was once in a lifetime stuff which was yeah absolutely you know and that's and that happens every year that's not that's yeah. not a an odd event that yeah. happens every year yeah yeah hmm. 
Um, yeah, what been some of the other highlights? I'll throw it to someone else. Louise? Mm-hmm. No? No, it's all been terrible. It's, yeah. it's, it's all, all been awesome. <laughs> I love <Yeah>. it. <laughs> uh, the Milan San Remo race. Uh, oh, yeah, that was great. Steven? Love to see a Steven win. Yeah. Love to see that. But I'm just really excited about, like, at the moment, in both the men's and women's peloton, we've got some great British talent. Like, mm. some, I mean, the women's is probably arguably in a little bit better for a while with, like, Lizzie Dygan. Yeah. Um, and she's, all, she's always smashed it. At, um, at, uh, she goes very, very well at Flanders. Mm-hmm. Like, always goes very well there. Has she won it? Has she I won it? Know. I'll tell you. Give me one sec. Danny's on pro cycling stats. She's in good form at the moment. Yesterday, you could see her, you know, on the radio talking, and I wondered if she was going to go. So maybe this weekend, she's, you know, building up to to doing more. Because I know there's been a performing definitely, definitely, Mm. and it's a strong, strong team. Sixteen, yeah, I knew. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And I think that was from like a break as well, because she came cruising up with me. Maybe one or two others up the Mm. uh, at the Quaramont. Yeah. Finished with Emma Johansson, Mm. and then yeah, decent group behind her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, you know there's been you know obviously uh, uh, Laura Kenny and Danny Rowe have been or Danny King and uh, no Danny Rowe was, now I was yeah, yeah, always getting life. mixed up um, but now we've got you know we've the you know British contingent has always been pretty well supported in the uh, uh, in the tours as, as we know we've got multiple winners mm. But now we've got like some really exciting racing and they're really being allowed to go. We've got obviously, I mean, Sam Bennett's Irish, but we've got Tom Pidcock, you know, just mm. who's not afraid to race. And mm. there's teams, which is just brilliant for Ineos. They're just letting him go, just letting him kind of saying, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, like go for it. And mm. um, it was great seeing, you know, sort of team Ineos at the front of, uh, of, uh, uh uh, Milan San Remo, questionable tactics. I was going to say, maybe it's a hot take, but I don't know if that was the smartest racing by any But else. it was great seeing yeah. them because then they're, they're not normally, they're mm. not normally not allowed to, but you don't see, you know, sort of a, many British riders really being able to kind of give it the beans at mm. these races. And they are, which is really exciting. Is uh, uh, Pickup racing Flanders? Mm-hmm. I really hope he is. Yeah, he must be, yeah. Yeah, he'll be there. Theoretically, I mean, he's on the start I list. mean, they, yeah, they like on the Ineos, they've just won two freed the Volta Catalunya GC yeah, yeah, unbelievable. winner was a British talent yeah, yeah, yeah. and Geraint Thomas was on the podium as well. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, like that's, it's completely different racing to the classics. But, but you just know, it's, it's like that, that really diverse talent pool. So, I mean, this is one of the interesting things about the difference between the men's and the women's peloton is that the women's peloton as a whole is much smaller. And so you have a lot of the, 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 the riders that will go do stage races as well as the classics mm. whereas the size and obviously the scale and the funding of the men's peloton allows for teams to have a classic focused team and a I mean there, you are seeing more of it in the women's peloton but it has been less I mean there's been times we've been out of Flanders and you've seen some of the strong sort of like female riders come up and then you've also got some of these climbers at the back and you're just like oh no like they shouldn't be doing this race <laughs> like literally they probably weigh about like 40 kilos and you, they're just literally just bouncing on the cobbles but because they don't have the scale they have to yes. insert x amount of you know riders mm-hmm. into the in to get an entry mm-hmm. um so obviously with the men's peloton you have teams that are devoted to just the classics and with a rider like Garrett thomas if he I personally feel that if he was allowed, not allowed to, it's probably not the right saying, but if he wanted to focus on just the classics and not the Grand Tours, I think he would have won a few by mm. now, in my opinion. Mm. A few monuments for sure. He's just that kind of rider, yeah, but yeah. obviously you have to change your body type. He's got his tour victory. Now. Exactly, to get a tour victory, so he might not do it. Um, you know, uh, Brad came pretty close in 2013. I think it was 13 was his last time he run the Roubaix. And he, you know, he basically said, "Well, I'm not going to do a tour again." So he put on weight, got strong, um, 2014 or, or 13. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, the, the the difference in riding the classics to riding a a, a grand tour is completely different. Mm. Isn't that right, Danny? It is right. Yeah. <laughs> Danny's done so both. I'm, I'm, I'm Danny's won both. Stats. Yeah. What about Sagan? He's like, do you think he's he missing made his, his comeback uh, in, in Milan San Remo? And he wants to go for it again the next couple well, of no, weeks. He I really hope so. Mm-hmm. He's an exciting rider, isn't yeah. he? And he, he just brought that kind of flair of... And what was nice about him in that he became this kind of antithesis of yeah. like these team riders and that he didn't... Mm-hmm. He used his team and of course, you know, he and Oss have, have a, such a strong relationship. 
but he would surf wheels. Mm-hmm. You know, he would find he would you know he was smart enough to kind of similar as we're seeing from Vanderpol at the moment. Yeah. Like he's smart enough to kind of just follow the right reels as opposed to lean on his sprint train, mm-hmm. and it got result. He'd always get the the uh, things. A, yeah, a Do glimmer you, of him coming back in Milan San Remo. Right. And, and a he, chance that we'd have a fourth protagonist in this he, already. And he won a stage crazy. in Catalonia as well. Mm-hmm. He's my oh, yeah. he's he's my outside pick. Oh yeah, it yeah. wasn't. It we wasn't going to picks. It wasn't a strong field in Catalonia, as in a strong field of no. sprinters. Yeah, no, it wasn't. But on his day, he's amazing, mm. and he is coming back to form. Mm. Um, yeah, because he had COVID. He had yeah, COVID yeah. in like January or February, yeah, yeah. which isn't mm. long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he be hanging around. It would be. I mean, we were there when he won. Yeah, and he just. It was like fifty k off the front, and just there's just something very. Oh, it sounds a little bit over the top, but just watching him and he was in the what's now an illegal position, you know, kind of elbows on the bars, just pushing his biggest gear. But it just looks so fluid mm-hmm. and did that for, you know, 40K and the finish into Udenard or Aldenard. Um, oh, just amazing. It's actually going to be the first race. All those things are illegal. Yeah. Will it affect oh, the race, course. Danny? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> there we yeah. go. Horse's <laughs> mouth right there. Yeah. And that concludes this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, he's. I, I would say he's my upset pick. It'd be great to see him 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 go well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you guys think? Yeah, Once again, no, like, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, good to see him back at Milan San Remo. And yeah, he's a character. Again, it goes back to that, like all the in people in both pelotons that the characters. They're the ones you want to win. They might not be the strongest. We're mm. lucky in the sense that a lot of them are. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's the characters, it's the stories that you want to see. You, you really get behind them. You find yourself shouting at the telly when someone you likes like attacked solo. Yeah. Even though you probably know they're completely doomed because mm. they've done it at a completely wrong time, it's mm. you still get behind them. Mm. And he's one of those guys that will always command that support when yeah. he when he attacks, when he does something. Yeah. So yeah. He's good for the sport. It gets people yeah. watching yeah. who aren't necessarily mm. as into it as Absolutely. we yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's people from our own countries yeah. that get you to buy in and, yeah. and characters like Sagan. Mm. So, yeah. So I did a, um, I, I met him a couple of years ago and we, we got invited out to do a, this event in, um, in Italy. And so uh, I helped do an interview with him and he walked in and he's actually a pretty laid back guy, but he was wearing this like Vietnam style, like military jacket, you know, like kind of like mm. a, a green kind of like fatigue jacket. And it had all these patches over it. And I was like, oh, it was like, quite cool. Anyway, so he's in the interview and I suddenly realized all the patches and there's patches on the front and all the back are all his face. What? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> and then there's this massive one on his back and it's his face. It was like. Oh, that's he's basically just covered this jacket, which is just amazing. Like, oh, anyway, yeah, he's a uh, he's, he's, he's covered cert- in tattoos. He's certainly as well. he's got that big one here. He's got that big one on his ribs. That's his face. Oh, oh yeah, and it says "Why so serious?" Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He was wow. a joker. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, you love a bit of these these uh, these personalities <laughs> uh, in cycling. Um, so should we get into some some picks? Picks, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we got. We, I mean, shotgun not first. Well, we can do not first. Well, we not we, we can we can look to do Flanders as well. Oh, sorry, Roubaix as well. But we'll, we'll certainly start with Flanders. So let's start with the men's. So Danny, okay. you go first. You're the one that's done all the, uh, the the stats on it. Okay. I mean, it's pretty hard to go past the Wout van Aert, Matthew van der Poel, Julian Alaphilippe trio. I mean, they've been so dominant all year. Um, there's been a couple of races they haven't they haven't won, but it's not many. Yeah. Um, I think there was some stat that like every race that they've entered this year, one of them's won it or something. It's just crazy. Like, really? They're, it's they're they're just wow. They're so good. Um, and that was until yeah, until so when all three of them have raced apart and from yeah, getting But yeah, um, like incredible. Wow, so that's I, yeah, that, that's my that's my top three. I think it'll be I think it'll be in, in that order. order. Woot. Oh, Matthew, okay, Alaphilippe. Oh yeah, I reckon. And outside a pick, outside a pick, Heinrich Hausler. Oh, yeah, he's he's, he's he's gone top twenty, top thirty the last two races. <laughs> he oh, I reckon he's he's tuned up. He'd love to he's see. got his custom shoes on. He, he's, he's ready to go. He's been he's doing gonna cyclocross. Win. He's, he's been doing cyclocross. He's yeah, he's on form. Yeah, he blew up big though. <laughs> Look, in he, no, 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 he, he just went. I love the guy. I'm far enough into the race. I'm just gonna park it. 
Hino's the team teammate where he should be. He's, he's, he's on form. Listen, Hino, if you're listening, like I've got a big man crush on you. Always have done. The, the, <laughs> but, the, the, yeah, the bleached hair, and I would love to see you win. Um, but, but, no, but. <laughs> I just, I've got just mad love for the guy. Like he just hasn't had those big results, but mm. it's just not just, as good as Goggle. All, but he's always been there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Jay, Jay, who's your who's your pick? Um, and then, oh, sorry, Danny, outsider. No, that was Henry Kessler. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I've just, I've just the my, my 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 eyes have gone hazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's that beard. It's not behind you. So I mean, I've not done as much comprehensive research as Danny. Classic. But I uh, I agree with him. Wout's going to win because yeah. I, I, I like him. He's he's my favourite of the three, and yeah. I, this is completely not based on any kind of knowledge or it's pure fra- favouritism. And of the three favourites, Wout's the guy. Yeah, he's got to he's got to be the winner. Why do you like why why do you like him more? I don't know. You don't know. He rides a Cervelo, and I got a Cervelo. Oh dear. <laughs> You're not allowed to talk about that. You? You're under contract. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. You've got a, you've got a curve. <laughs> yeah, no, he rides a Cavelo. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I just, I, I think he seems like the most laid back, the most humble of the three. Yeah. And I just quite like that. I, I prefer it to that kind of ego that the other two have. Yeah, it sure. It might be a bit unfair on them. Okay. But, like they're great guys as well. I just prefer Wout. All right. And then my outsider is Michael Goggle. If he can get the. He, if he can get the right side of the splits, he's not even starting. He's a danger <laughs> man. So explain your explain your love for Michael Goggle. Oh, just after his performance in Strada, yeah, outrageous, just just yeah. hanging on, yeah. and I yeah, I liked it. It was just you know, it was good to see see him so human at that point. Okay, and then also still, you know, he was a very much an outsider, which yeah. is why he's my outsider. But he was still there with the best of the best. Yeah. Like the hardest race of the year. Yeah. He's still there. What a guy. All right. <laughs> Louise? Yeah, I think top three is classic. I'd like to see Sagan back in there. So it would be amazing. I, I'd, I'd like that, I think. Yeah. Be good to see him performing and, and getting up there again. Definitely. So the weather's looking good. Oh, yeah. Which means it you kind of... the weather. Yeah, it kind of... It, is... it plays it out a bit. As in it makes oh, yeah. it a little bit... Um, a little bit more of a not an even playing field but you know good, good weather top three I reckon I reckon the win is going to be from a break and I reckon it's going to be a solo victory that's what I think I don't think it's okay. going to come down to a sprint I think it's Betty going to be a solo Star. solo mm. victory um, and I think it would be Macha van der Poel that's what I'm saying I think he'll win if, cool. with, with the solo and then the sort of two after that I'd probably say yeah, Wout van Aert and Michael Matthews. I'd like, Matthews. See, I'd like to see Michael Matthews on a podium. It'd be okay. good to see him there. And yeah. my outsider would be Sagan. And again, but it would be a break. And because I don't, I, I, and the reason I say that is I don't think that people would think that he's in the form where he could hang that on because he's mm-hmm. not in the form that he was. Well, apparently he's not in the form that he was, you know, when he won in, when he first won in, when he was the champ in 17, 17 or 18. But yeah, I, that, yeah, that's what I think. Um, maybe he's been hiding something yeah maybe or maybe I'm just you know kind of madly in love with him and, and, and hoping hoping that it'll you're right. loving everyone yeah, yeah, that's perfectly okay yeah. though yeah. yeah I'm a real slut <laughs> right yeah. uh, alright well, so that's Flanders uh, men's mm-hmm. women's Danny women's alright um, I am gonna go with uh, where are we so I think Elisa Longo Belgini yeah She's on incredible mm. form. Mm-hmm. She won Trofeo Binder, second at Strava, very, very strong at Gent Wevelgem. Mm-hmm. I think she's got a win in her. Um, second, I'm going to, maybe this is a controversial pick, but Grace Brown. Um, she's, yeah, obviously on form as well. She won, what was it she won the other the other week? Is that an Aussie bias? Is she the, is it, it's is absolutely she, an Aussie is she bias. The Aussie yeah. champion? Is she the Australian champion? Yeah. She is, okay, fine. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd love to see her get a result at Flanders, and then on your th- on your grace, on your grace, and then <laughs> third is Annemiek van Vleuten. Yeah. Oh, um, I know she hasn't had like a, she hasn't had a lot of races this year, but she she's just always off. so yeah. so good. You can never write her off. She does uh, suit it. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, I think she'll be yeah, on the podium. Well, um, and my outsider pick, which I mean, she's not really an outsider. She won in twenty nineteen and was fifth in Ghent Wevelgem. 
um, is Marta Bastianelli. Um, she's done pretty well this year and she's always good. So, yeah, but it doesn't have the strongest team. Ale Cipollini. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of real hitters on that team. So, But it's a, yeah, it's a race where you can just hang in. Isn't mm-hmm. it? You don't necessarily yeah, need exactly, a team around yeah. you unless you've got somebody just up the front. got to make the splits. Yeah. But you don't have to work. But uh, yeah, if you're strong, mm-hmm. you can go. Jamie? Uh, I've, again, like the men's, I've not done a h- as much research as Danny. Classic. And I'm 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 picking Chantal Black for the win. She oh, yeah. she's defending champion. Yeah. And after watching her at Strada, mm. I think she's got team advantage, which is important. And that attack was just devastating. Yeah. And you know, it's against Danny's favourite in Strada. She's she's already done it once this year. Mm. So I don't yeah, I don't see why she why she can't do it again. Danny looks offended. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say I need to make a correction Grace Brown isn't national champion sorry it's Sarah oh. Roy sorry Sarah oh, that's right yeah sorry. awkward luckily it was nothing I said on your, <laughs> on, on your Sarah <laughs> and Louise oh sorry you my finished. outsider sorry you just really is, drone, drone yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cassia Niwadoma oh. okay she's she's always there or thereabouts so maybe it's a strong outsider but you know nice that's, that's my shout nice I reckon um, Longo Borghini. Okay. I want to see her yeah. bring home yeah. the victory. She deserves all, a win, yeah. all the work that she's putting <laughs> on that gets taken away. Um, and then, I don't know, but, you know, there's the Van Vleuten, Van der Breggen, Voss, they're all, they're classic mm. and they're all hungry for a win and mm. it, even though they've won a million times, they still love it. That was what yeah. was great yesterday as well. Voss, yeah, yeah. what was it, 400 wins she's had and yeah. she celebrates each one of them like yeah, yeah. it's a first, which oh. is brilliant. So them... I think one of their we, that one and Cecily um, yeah sure sure I, sure. W- I want to see her on the podium yeah, as well she'd be, she'd be great yeah. so the the year that we went out to go do the sportive <laughs> of Flanders um, uh, we got overtaken by Mariana Voss did she yeah, yeah. She and was it, warming up. Ba- no, no. Yeah, she was. She, she, she was. She was basically wrecking the route, oh. but through the sportive, and she God, came she steaming past. Well, no, exactly, Ex- <laughs> exactly. Like hungover and you know, kind of you know, wh- wh- whatever else, and uh, and I remember she came steaming past, and I forget who I was with. I think it was. I think it had been Josh. But we kind of said, oh, look at this chump in pro kit. And then we realized, it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so good. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Um, so who's your outsider? Lizzie Dynion. Yeah. Not really mm, an outsider, yeah. but I'd, I'd like show. to see yeah, yeah, yeah. come up mm. as well. All right. So my sort of top three in no particular order, just because to see the fans go menti, mental to see the Belgian champ win mm. would be amazing mm. so it'd be a Lottie Kopecky mm-hmm. be amazing oh, to yeah. see her cross the line um, again maybe it would be in a break I don't know uh, I put, I'm going to put Lizzie Dying in, in the podium mm-hmm. which would be great and then um, yeah probably uh, oh I don't know I'm going to put Voss as my outsider okay yeah I'm going to put Voss as my outsider yeah I think that would be it and then, um, I don't know, maybe, do we want an Aussie on the podium? I'd love an Aussie on the podium. Yeah. Always. <laughs> That's why Heinrich's going to win, obviously. <laughs> oh, I know. Can you it's going to be Heinrich Hauser, Grace Brown, double. It's right. going to be great. All right. I'll go. Can't Watching wait. the we'll, we'll, scenes. Just, 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 just for Danny. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> Australia would go wild. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, some of them would. Most be like, there'd oh, be like yeah. four people in Australia. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, yeah you're right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. All right, let, let's let's yeah. go. Let's go for Glo- uh, Chloe Brown on the podium. Yeah, let's do that. Cool. Sorry, Grace Brown. Grace Brown. Sorry, I'm thinking of Chloe Hoskins. Yeah, Grace Brown <laughs> on the podium. All right. So there's our picks. Um, well, look, let's hopefully we get some some Rubé action as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't need to pick that because we haven't Stoeven. really re- researched it. Stoeven. It's going to be a Trek podium. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll we'll uh, we'll wrap things up there. Um, but guys, thank you. Thanks for uh, joining this first episode of the uh, of the Breakaways and Breweries podcast. Uh, we do have one more beer to get through, but we're going to leave that for you guys to enjoy at home. Uh, this is a uh, uh, from a, a very famous beer in in Aldenard. Aldenard is the Finnish of Flanders. This is a beer called Leafmans, and this is a fruit beer. So Belgium mm-hmm. is very well known for for producing some fruit beer. Um, so if you can find it, then I really recommend you go and do it. So we've had a beer from the start. 
in uh, the De Conning from Antwerp. I've had a beer in the middle from Quaramont in uh, just outside Oudenard on the Old Quaramont. And now we've got a fruit beer uh, from Leafman's, which is in Oudenard. So those are your three beers uh, for this race. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Louise, thank you for joining us. Uh, what's your thank social you. media? Lou Q. Lou Q. Danny yeah. Roberts-Clark, what's your social media? Danny underscore Roberts-Clark. Thank you very much. Jamie, what's your social media? JME Olsen. JME Olsen. Uh, I'm at Jordan Addison. Um, if you enjoyed this, please go and tag us using the hashtag Breakaways and Breweries. You're mm. going to see us pretty active watching the race uh, on Twitter, Instagram, using Breakaways and Breweries. But uh, uh, this is the, obviously the, the first episode. We're going to do another one ahead of some of the Ardennes. And then we'll do another one ahead of the Giro, the Tour. And we'll Le keep tour. this going. But it's, it's pretty simple. It's basically armchair fan stuff around pro cycling, men's and women's, and some local beers from each of those regions. So, and some expert opinion from Dan. And some expert opinion <laughs> from Dan. I don't know. Thankfully <laughs> saving <laughs> us there. I've seen my Vela Games results there. Not and, good. <laughs> and look, uh, but and you look, play Vela uh, Games and, and I don't. Look, if, if any of you go and put a bit of money on our predictions and you win, share the load. If yeah. you lose, it's got nothing to do with yeah. us. Gamble um, responsibly. But thank you, guys. Thanks for joining. And uh, yeah, that's a wrap. Cheers. See you next time. Cheers, guys. You. Mm -hmm.